Today is July 13th, 2021, and our first story. A new report commissioned by Congress says the U.S. Navy is not prepared for war because diversity trainings have taken priority over actual war trainings. This has resulted in the destruction of a $750 million warship which caught fire, and it's even resulted in the U.S. surrendering several small ships to Iran. In our next story, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas says he will have Democrats arrested after they fled the state to block a voter rights bill that Republicans are trying to get passed in a special session. In our last story, Joe Biden and the DNC are calling on phone companies to censor private text messages that they say contains vaccine misinformation in a dramatic escalation of government censorship. And before we get started, if you like the show, please give us a good review. Give us five stars. And if you really like the show, please share it with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. In a scathing new report, members of Congress find that the Navy is not ready for war because sailors are forced to focus on diversity training. They say that combat preparation is an afterthought, just a checklist. But we got to make sure we have that diversity, inclusivity and equity training for all our members. We saw something recently with the comparison between the Russian army ad and the U.S. army ad. In Russia, a guy with a shaved head jumps out of an airplane with a bolt action rifle, lands in the snow, and he's taking out the enemies while this low voice is like, blah, 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 in Russian. I can't speak Russian. In the U.S. Army ad, it was a young woman talking about pride in her two moms. Okay, I can respect that. By all means, have pride in your family. I'm, I'm glad you have loved ones you care about and who care about you. Congratulations on your activism. I don't see what that has to do with defending this nation from foreign threats at a time when we are concerned about war with China. And Japan has stated that the tensions between the U.S. and China over Taiwan are escalating and war is a real possibility. Thucydides trap, fourth turning, whichever one you want to cite. Taiwan, it's not just about the U.S. defending its allies and defending Southeast Asia. It's about securing chip production. Silicon Valley West, as Steve Bannon called it. We need these chips for cars, computers, components. And if we lose Taiwan to China, they gain control of that massive resource. It also signals to our allies in Southeast Asia, we cannot defend them. It is massive. China is encroaching, expanding, insulting. And there's a real fear that war will be inevitable. Of course, in Southeast Asia and in the Pacific, this is going to be a naval battle. That's why this story is so shocking. You see, because of the getting woke, and I guess you can say they're going broke, there, there was a destruction of a warship, burst into flames. They had to scrap the warship. Two collisions, two. And the U.S. surrendered a U.S. boat to Iran. This is bad because this has been happening now. This is over a year where this report was being compiled. So this has been going on for some time now. Let me just stress. I was warning about this years ago. And you know what? Many others warned about it before I did. Of course, we saw the rise of getting woke in the early 2010s and even a few years before. Many YouTubers started producing content about this, warning what will happen as the tsunami is heading our way. You see, off in the distance, it's a small wave. But someone points out, hey, a wave that far out, that's a tsunami, bro. The water is pulling back. It's coming. Fortunately for many of us, there was kind of an early warning system, but we couldn't stop what was to come. Wokeness, the cult of intersectionality, 
critical theorists was expanding and it seeped into the highest level of government. And people kept telling me it would never happen. I said, what do you think is going to happen to this country? Years ago, I said this. What do you think will happen to this country when this woke cult ideology makes it to the highest level of government? And people said the security state is too strong. It will not be corrupted by this. I'm sorry. This is a rot. It is a flame that is burning and destroying. And boy, are the woke happy about it. I mean, Jenk Uger said, it's so funny to see the panic from Ben Shapiro because they know they're losing. Do, do, does the culture war right or those who oppose the establishment and wokeness feel like they're losing? Some do. Some are fairly optimistic. I got to tell you, I'm pessimistic when it comes to what's going to happen to this country. I'm optimistic in terms of what's going to happen to me and those, those, those who are watching videos like this, because perhaps the, the end result is peaceful divorce. We have our own safe space where we can thrive and flourish without interference by the extremists who are the woke. Of course, that means we will lose a large portion of our wealth as the American empire, as they call it. But I think conservatives are mostly self-sufficient. So what's the worst case scenario for a conservative? If the America does falter, as we're seeing now with the Navy, eh, conservatives are going to keep growing their food, tending to their chickens and goats living in rural areas. I know not every conservative has farms. But they're much more rugged and more likely to be able to survive out in the middle of nowhere and be responsible for themselves. And I think they're happy about it. I find it really funny when the left says that the blue states subsidize the red states. I'm like, yo, I don't think conservatives care all that much. Have you ever gone out to the middle of nowhere? These people are content, like in the middle of nowhere. They don't need your support. I'm sure they enjoy some of those subsidies. But I also don't think that it really matters in the end because they'll go out, roll up their sleeves and take care of themselves. The Navy is faltering at a time when we need our Navy to be on its toes over what's happening with China. But here it is. Where do you think we go next? Do you think it's just going to correct itself? No, I don't think so. I think the rot has cut, cut out the foundation. Let's read this story. Before we do, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member because not only will you get access to exclusive members-only podcasts from TimCast IRL, which is at Alan West, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West on just the other day very dark conversation about what's happening with our children in the members only podcast. But you're also supporting our new journalists. That's right. We have a team of about seven so far. The new site may be coming very, very soon. Maybe, maybe a week or two. We'll see. I don't want to overhype it just yet. But the new site is fantastic. You may have seen the alpha version I've demoed in some of my videos so far. It's going to be great. We've got some investigative reporters we're planning on bringing on. We're going to be doing field reporting, sending people to these schools to take a look at what's going on critical race theory. That's what your membership supports. So go to TimCast.com, sign up. But don't forget, like this video, subscribe to this channel, hit that notification bell, which probably does nothing. But more importantly, share this video. Share every video you watch from channels you support. If you like the work I do, share the video. If you like the work from, say, Sticks Hexenhammer, share his videos. Steven Crowder, share these videos. That is how we overcome many of the obstacles and the propaganda building networks, building communities, and using these social networks to the best of our abilities to share this information. Share videos from channels you like, so share this video right now. Let's read. The Daily Mail reports Navy is not ready for war because sailors are forced to focus on diversity, train, uh, diversity training with officers blaming poor leadership for destruction of warship, two collisions, and surrender of U.S. boat to Iran's scathing report finds. They say the report prepared by Marine Lieutenant General Robert Schmidl and Rear Admiral Mark Montgomery, both retired, came in response to recent naval disasters, including the burning of the USS Bonham, 
Richard, Bonham Richard, in San Diego. Two collisions involving Navy ships in the Pacific and the surrender of two small craft to Iran. I want to repeat that for you. We surrendered two small craft to Iran. Is that what happened? That is shocking. Let's read more. The authors conducted hour-long interviews with 77 current and retired Navy officers, offering them anonymity to identify issues they wouldn't feel comfortable raising in the chain of command. The report found that a staggering 94% of the subjects believed the recent naval disasters were part of a broader problem with Navy culture or leadership. Quote, I guarantee you every unit in the Navy is up to speed on their diversity training. I'm sorry that I can't say the same for their ship handling training, said one recently retired senior enlisted leader. Incredible. There's a photo of the fire on the USS Bonham Richard LHD-6 at Naval Base San Diego, July 12th, 2020 in San Diego. The $750 million ship had to be scrapped due to fire damage. The report focused on, uh, on issued issues within the Navy's surface warfare forces as opposed to submarine and aviation and suggested that issues in the surface fleet could be unique due to better funding and training for submarine and aviation units. One of the key issues raised by the officers interviewed for the report was a concern that Navy leaders spend more time focusing on diversity training than on developing warfighting capacity and key operational skills. Quote, sometimes I think we care more about whether we have enough diversity officers than if we'll survive a fight with the Chinese Navy, lamented one lieutenant currently on active duty. It's criminal. They think my only value is as a black woman, but you cut our ship open with a missile and we'll all bleed the same color. She added, wow, bravo, lieutenant. Beautiful statement. I do not care the, 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 the gender or the identity or the skin color of our naval officers, of our military. I care that they're effective. There was a big controversy where people on the right were criticizing the Navy for having so many women and even flight suits for pregnant women. And I said, I don't care if the woman is pregnant or otherwise. I care if the individual is effective at their job. And that means a pregnant woman could be handling administrative work if you don't believe she is effect effective at flying a, a war plane. Now, I'd have to, I, I'm going to say, I don't think pregnant women should be in active duty combat. But if they're, uh, if they're in a support position and they're effective, that's a good thing. The problem is often what you get with these diversity trainings is people who are not effective. And I think it's fair to point out many pregnant women at, at a certain level of pregnancy probably will not be as effective as other individuals. But ultimately, I care about meritocracy. I don't care about the identity of the individual. I think a lot of conservatives missed that point as well. They said, it doesn't matter. A pregnant woman shouldn't be in the military. I'm, I'm, I'm all about merit. If she can do the job required, which perhaps, I mean, I don't think she's going to be doing pull-ups and running through the trenches or anything like that. But if she's handling administrative work and it's effective, so be it. Merit determines whether or not you, you are in these roles. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, 
When it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or give them a call at 877-646-5347. Again, that number is 877-646-5347. Diversity, inclusivity, equity, critical theory. It's not about merit. It's about placing because we feel good about it. And that's why our Navy's become ineffective. They're going to say, one recent destroyer captain said, where someone puts their time shows what their priorities are. And we've got so many messages about XYZ appreciation month or assault prevention or you name it. We don't even have close to the same level of emphasis on actual war fighting. While programs to encourage diversity human eh, trafficking prevention, suicide prevention, assault prevention, and others are appropriate. They come with a cost, the report's authors wrote. The non-combat curricula consume Navy resources, clog inboxes, create administrative quagmires, and monopolize precious training time by weighing down sailors with non-combat related training and administrative burdens. Both Congress and Navy leaders risk sending them into battle less prepared and less focused than their opponents, the report added. Facts. And I've talked to so many people, and you probably know some, who quit their military careers over wokeness. Because it's not just about these ridiculous bogged down curricula and diversity, inclusivity, and equity trainings. It's about Joe Biden saying, we got to weed out the extremists in the military. It is a purge, an ideological purge, and it is pressure and it is working. I've talked to a handful of people who said their plan was a long career in the military and they're retiring now over the wokeness. You do not want a woke military. Apparently we're getting it. Amazing. Figure one, do you believe these incidents are part of a broader problem in Navy culture or leadership? 94% said yes. So I did a little Google search and here's what I found. America's Navy, Navy Navy.com, Navy diversity and equity. I am a sailor. We are team. This is our Navy. Putting on a uniform doesn't mean sacrificing who you are. America's Navy values diversity, inclusivity, and equity. Oh, it's a, I'm sorry. It says equality. Uh-oh. Stri- they don't even know what they're talking about. Striving to build a community of service members who accurately reflect the rich makeup of our country. Our belief is that with hard work and determination, anyone from anywhere has the power to be successful in the Navy. No matter your background, lifestyle, gender, sexuality, or religious beliefs, there is a place for you in the Navy. Here, all are welcome and all have a part to play. We believe that when a diverse group of individuals come together to do a job, they can do it better because of their differences. The problem is those are all superficial points, isn't it? Diversity was supposed to represent people from different parts of the country or world having a different view and allowing a a wider range of ideas to enter the problem solving equation and thus more likely to find a solution. Makes sense. Instead, they've said, let's get everybody who thinks the exact same thing, but looks different. And that's actually the opposite of what you're supposed to do. So here you go. A warship destroyed collisions and a surrender. Some of the respondents expressed concerns that when combat lethality and war fighting are emphasized, they are treated in a box checking manner that can seem indistinguishable from non-combat related exercises. Quote, the Navy treats war fighting readiness as a compliance issue, said one career commander. You might even use the term compliance-centered warfare as opposed to adversary-centered warfare or warfighter-centered warfare. 
One junior surface warfare officer still in active duty confessed, I don't think that the surface community see themselves as people who are engaged in a fight. Commander Brian McGrath, a retired surface warfare officer who agreed to be interviewed on the record, notably dissented on the question of whether excess requirements were distracting sailors from their primary mission, argued that the main issue was too few surface ships. Quote, the ships are very busy, he said. I think there are too few of them for what is being asked. The operational requirements squeeze out maintenance. They squeeze out some training. I got a question for you, Commander. What happened to that warship that uh, uh, the bottom Richard burst into flames? Somebody screwed up. Perhaps they weren't trained properly. And whose fault is that? Eh, to a certain degree, the individual. But it's also a problem of the system itself, the Navy itself, because the responsibility always goes to the top. Whoever is running the show is responsible for all of it. Quote, when you're on the ship, McGrath said, the assault and victim stuff, all that stuff just seems like a burden. It just seems like it's never ending. But the further I get from it, the more I understand why it's important and why there does have to be very clear signals set to deck plate sailors that they're, you know, that that issues that are important to them are important to leadership. That's just the, 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 the bunk line, huh? Oh, oh, I, I realize, you know, congratulations, your woke military will lose against China because China's not going woke. They're doing the opposite. Another issue identified in the report is the overly timid practice of treating certain errors with career termination and offering no opportunity for recovery. Hey, sounds like a cancel culture in the military. Former Secretary of the Navy John Lehman made the startling claim that of the four key admirals who led the Navy to victory in World War II, none would make the rank of captain in today's fleet. Nimitz put his first command on the rocks, Lehman said, and, and Halsey was constantly getting into trouble for bending the rules or drinking too much. Ernie King was a womanizer and a heavy drinker. Admiral Leahy may have been only the only one that might have made it through, but he had quite a few blots on his record as well. But in each case, there was a critical mass of leadership in the Navy that recognized that these were very, very promising junior officers, he said of the World War II admirals. And so while they were punished for mistakes, they were kept in a career path. That's not the case today. It's just not done because it's too dangerous for anybody that tries to help someone who has made a mistake. Officers interviewed for the report echoed Lehman's concerns. The practice of firing commanders for the smallest mistakes was a drag on retention, morale, and lethality. Commanders can no longer take risks in a way that they can have small failures, learn, and move forward. Failures are terminal to people's careers. These are guys that are totally zero risk, one former deputy assistant secretary of defense who served as a surface warfare officer said of the surface warfare community because they're like, hey, I'm going to be the commanding officer for 15 months. Why try to get to the battle? Why try to do really important boardings in the middle of e in, in the Middle East? I'm just going to make sure I'm talking to the admiral over the VTC and make sure that he's for it. And I just found out I, I just found that to be really sad. The report argues that the independence of command has been eroded and commanding officers fear risk due to the adverse impacts upon their careers. The general unwillingness to rehabilitate one-off mistakes, the, the disinclination to weigh errors against the totality of, a, totality of a naval career, and the practice of discipline by paperwork were broadly understood to be a drain on the Navy's retention efforts, the report said. Goldman Sachs, Amazon, Apple, Google, whatever. All of these institutions of high performance and high excellence do circus flips, trying to figure out how to cultivate and retain talent, said one former naval officer who is now a senior leader at a major hedge funds philanthropic arm. The Navy all but chases it out the door. 
Navy leadership are paranoid about any negative press and cow to reporters. I would just like to go back real quick and show you the real ramifications of this. A fire is seen on board the USS Bonham Richard at, at Naval Base San Diego. That breaks my heart, man. You know, I've never been a big fan of American foreign policy, but I remember growing up when we were criticizing the foreign wars, we always said, I don't blame the troops. I respect the troops. That was supposedly the liberal position. I was in Chicago. We had Barack Obama saying, I will end these wars. If you vote for me, we'll get out of Iraq first thing. Yeah, right. He upped the ante. While we were critical of the war, we were critical of Bush and we were critical of neocons and the establishment. We said, these people who enlisted, people like Tulsi Gabbard, for instance, saw a threat to the nation and said, I will stand. And I have tremendous respect for all of those people who do. And that's why I'm just so disgusted to see us in this state. Another issue identified in the report is a perceived fear among Navy leaders of any negative news articles. What is wrong with all of you people? I had a smear piece the other day. They called me a reactionary. I don't care. I don't care. I'm so, I, don't, I, I really don't care about what these leftists are tweeting about. It's irrelevant. Now, I get it. They can cause problems if they harass you and go after, you know, uh, financial institutions and try and get you banned or whatever. But I just keep doing my thing. Shore up our defenses, fight that good uh, metaphorical fight and just stay the course. But these people are terrified. Admirals are supposed to lead us into battle, but they hide in foxholes. The first site of military.com and the Military Times said one intelligence officer, the reporters are in charge, not us. COs would would be quite risk averse, one officer said. They would have the senior department heads manning a lot of watches, especially on the bridge and things like that to make sure that nothing went wrong because nobody wanted to end up in the media and nobody wanted to end up on the cover of Navy Times. Interviewees described an undercurrent of fear that gripped the surface fleet with commanders unwilling to delegate and delegate and senior ranks quick to hand down punishments in response to media pressure. Get well, go broke, baby. Oh, there's more. But let me show you this real quick so I can let you. I want to make sure you know the stakes are as high as they could possibly be, because this might be a long video. CNN reports Japan warns of Taiwan crisis, growing risks from U.S.-China rivalry. Japan is worried because if we can't defend our allies in Southeast Asia, you think China is going to sit around and not control all of those waters and trade routes? They're already trying to. They have been sinking several civilian vessels in the South China Sea, and the U.S. isn't stopping them. Sure, we sent a strike group here or there, but our Navy, ineffective, I suppose. You know, look, I'll put, I'll, I'll say one thing. Perhaps this is just a, a, a old bait and switch. The Navy is like, we got an idea. Let's make China think we're weak. Hey, Sun Tzu said it. Make your enemy think you're weak. And then you surprise them. They make bad, they make bad mistakes. They make serious mistakes. And so I look at this report that was filed. Maybe it's all just a, a, a trick. Maybe they're saying, hey, let's pretend that we got woke and went broke. But then you just go to their website and they've got their own naval diversity section. We saw the commercial from the army. No, they're being gutted and eroded because this is fourth and fifth generational warfare and we are being torn apart. Man, it's, 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 it's worrying to say the least. It's not just our Navy. 
It's the military industrial complex, which this one I find really, really funny. I got to say, you know, when I learned the Federal Reserve was getting woke, several uh, branches around the U.S. had wokeness issues. I started laughing like, oh, the Fed's going to get woke and go broke. All right, let's see how that plays out. Raytheon from MEAWW. Who runs Raytheon? White workers asked to identify their privilege in woke training manual. Okay, you know, if the military industrial complex falters because of wokeness and they get what go broke. I don't know if I'm going to be crying all that much. Now, the U.S. military heavily relies on weapons produced by a lot of these companies. So, okay, I guess there is an issue there. But I don't like the idea that we engage in these foreign trash wars for limited for, for, for BS reasons. Or I can say you can make an argument about why we should be in Syria or whatever. And I'll listen to the argument. I'm not a fan of foreign intervention, but sometimes there's arguments. I mean, I'll, I'll listen to any argument. The problem is that we end up doing nation building. Why? You know, these big contractors want money and you got to you, you, you trapped in a Middle Eastern quagmire. Congratulations. Just keep cranking out those contracts. They can't do anything about. But now it's not just the Navy. Raytheon is getting woke. All right. Well, now I'm just like, all right, throw them all in, in, in the bin. You know what I mean? If Raytheon is getting woke and they're going to go broke. All right, let's pack it in. Let's call it peaceful divorce. Have at it. I'll take care of my plot of land. You guys do your things. If you're in a city, I'd be pretty worried if I were you. Hey, look, in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by trees and mountains, I'm uh, responsible for the defense of my home. You live in a city, you're in a cubicle stacked on on top of a bunch of other cubicles, concrete blocks in a city that smells like sour milk. You ain't getting any resources into this place. And that population density, that's going to be real scary when people aren't getting fed. I'll tell you what. Raytheon gets woke. The campaign's stronger together. Maybe they'll get woke and go broke. There's more problems over the Navy. They say... Report cites underinvestment in officer training and poorly resourced ship maintenance programs. This is what happens when media psychosis takes over. Social media psychosis has destroyed this country. People like Jack Dorsey, you know, he doesn't understand any of this, yet he is able to suppress people who are anti-establishment or the people who are saying no to this. To put it simply, many of the people who are anti-woke and warning of this have been banned and purged because of Jack Dorsey's opinions and policies on what is or isn't acceptable. He's been driven insane by his own algorithms, burned by a fire of his own creation. And now the rest of us suffer for it. Democrats rely heavily on social media. They have since Barack Obama. And because social media is algorithm driven, the constituents are being fed psychotic content. They then start focusing on diversity instead of practicality or meritocracy. They then demand the military does the same. They then fund diversity over meritocracy. And this is what you get. I remember hearing this, this old line several years ago. When these companies start announcing their diversity programs, someone said that they were going to put, uh, what are they going to do? Uh, put, put options or like, you know, they were going to short the companies. I don't know a whole lot about how the stock stuff works. But the idea was, hey, if a company right now is saying they're going to focus on diversity over meritocracy, they're probably going to collapse unless they're operating on like government contracts. You know, I'm not saying anybody should do anything. I'm saying this was the argument made to, made to me. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. They're going to say, 
Two related issues raised by the report are poorly funded and constantly shifting officer training programs and under-resourced ship maintenance. At one point, the Navy even handed officers 23 compact discs with reading material for surface warf- warfare wardroom, uh, ward- wardroom training. What, really? Replacing a five-month course at the surface warfare officer school division officers course in Rhode Island. Okay. Do they mean war room training? I don't know. We gave ensigns boxes of CDs and told them to train themselves between watches. And that was a colossal failure, one officer recalled. One respondent recalled that he had informed his admiral, I've got people that I know for certain are not proficient in watch standing. And you know what they told me? Qualify them anyway. You know what I think? I think it's mostly the Democrats. Republicans are like that pressure release valve for the establishment, so they don't do anything anyway. But the idea is to extract as much as you can from the system as it burns down. It's the tsunami we saw coming. I mentioned this in the beginning of the segment. We saw that tsunami off the distance, and many of these people did as well. And so they said to themselves, how much can I extract from the system before the system collapses? That's a lot of uh, uh, many of these leftist personalities. They don't read the news. They don't fact check it. I remember there was one segment where a leftist personality reacted to a segment from Meet the Press on, I think it's, what is it, CNBC or whatever, NBC News. NBC News interviewing Ted Cruz and laughing at him because Ted Cruz had read a political report that Ukrainians had meddled in the U.S. election. The people on Meet the Press laughed at Ted Cruz. And then this leftist filmed himself reacting to them laughing by saying, wow, look how dumb they are. Meet the Press did not fact check or even read the article from Politico. Ted Cruz did. This leftist personality on YouTube didn't read the article, seek it out, or even Google search whether or not this happened. That's what you're getting in the establishment left. They are simply trying to carve out for themselves as much as they can while everything burns to the ground. And they call me a grifter. And they call Crowder a grifter. And they call Bannon a grifter. And I'm like, these people put themselves at odds with the corporate establishment and the political establishment for what? You think they chose to be in the outgroup for money and access? Take a look at Hollywood. I got a bunch of A-listers. They mess with me all the time. Boy, I'd love to go party in Hollywood and the infinity pools and, and eat expensive foods and drink expensive wines and just say the stupid line. Like when I worked for Disney and they were paying me a crap ton of money. Just say the line, Tim. And I said, no, I care more about the success of humanity than I do about personally gaining resources. I want the system to be fixed to work and I want people to thrive and be responsible and successful. I want to get to the point where we have a Star Trek-like future. I love Star Trek. Imagine that. Traveling around the galaxy, well, at least one quadrant in it, asking deep philosophical questions, reaching the point of post-scarcity. Post-scarcity, classical liberalism, individual rights and values. We're not going to get there. So long as these people, the woke and the establishment elites, have decided the system's going to fall apart. We have no community anymore. So let's just strip out all the copper wiring from the walls before we flee the building. That's what it feels like. It feels like the rent came due. The bill was there at our feet. And the people of this country in the highest level said, you know what? Nobody is agreeing to pitch in to pay the bill, which means we're all going to get evicted. Okay, 
punched a hole in the wall and started ripping out copper wiring. Hey, at least I'll get a little bit for this after everything falls apart. That's what it feels like. What is Joe Biden focusing on? Garbled nonsense. He's pumping out money, just expediting the demise. The the consumer price index is going up. Gas prices are through through the roof. Everything just seems to be getting worse. Now, Donald Trump, for all his faults, Seem to, you know, here's what I was saying back, back, back during the Trump era, uh, Trump years. It seems like the U.S. was facing a hard fall and there was going to be a serious crisis. So Donald Trump said, we need to shore up our defenses, secure this country in the event that hard fall happens. The problem was what Donald Trump was doing meant that those that were trying to strip the copper wiring from the walls were being stopped. And they were like, what are you doing? It's going to fall down. Let me get the copper out of the walls. I can sell it. Let me extract what value I can from your country and then watch it crumble. Trump said no. But see, those are the real grifters, the establishment elites that don't care. The Navy is in ruins, that a warship, a nearly a billion dollar warship was destroyed by a lack of skills and and, uh, training and leadership. But oh, don't worry. You see, these people in leadership are like, hey, I I don't want them to write a bad story about me. Just do a diversity training. What about war? Who cares about war? Who cares about war? China does. China's going to go and take Taiwan. And our Navy is going to be spinning in circles going, what do I do? What do I do? Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Who has training? I don't know any of the training. But I do know that we all look different. Oh, well. It was good while it lasted, I guess. I suppose many on the left are probably happy about this, too. Especially the anti-war left are probably laughing their asses off. And I don't blame them. There's a lot about this that I think is funny. I think America's military is awesome, though. And I think the problem is our our corrupt leaders and establishment, foreign wars, entanglements, quagmires, exploitation. That's not what the American military was supposed to be about. Supposed to be about defending this nation, a great nation. I mean, America's still awesome. We're wealthy, successful. You've got a lot of freedoms. You get out of the cities, but we're all we're losing so much of that. We're being censored. I can't share certain opinions on YouTube anymore. You can't say certain names on social media. Joe Biden apparently now wants to start censoring private text messages. It's all just rotted from the core and being destroyed from the inside out. But you know what? It reminds me of when you see that, you know, that tree stump after a tree was knocked down or cut down as another tree growing in its stead. That's why I'm optimistic. What we're doing over at TimCast.com, I think we may be in for a long fall, but what we're working on here is going to at least create some insulation where real values of integrity, honor, personal responsibility can persist. And I think that will be a beacon in the darkness, along with many other creators I mentioned. You know, Sticks is great, big fan, and and Crowder as well. And there's many other creators who do a great job, um, um, commentators and and pundits and journalists. But there's not enough. So the tsunami is coming, and there's only so much we can insulate. I hope you're all paying attention. I hope you sign up at TimCast.com. Hate to be Debbie Downer all the time, but this stuff freaks me out. <clears throat> so I talk about it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has announced the Democrats who fled the state to block a new voter bill will be arrested. The special session will carry on. For those that haven't been following the story, let me break it down for you. Let me give you a let me give you a, a little framing device first and, and, and a lesson in media literacy. You see, the Republicans are trying to help protect the integrity of our elections and ensure the right of all citizens to have their vote duly counted and cast. Texas is trying to 
protect the right to vote and make it easier to have your vote count. The Democrats, however, are trying to muck up the system and confuse the voting process, stripping away integrity and security in an effort to break the voting system. Now, it's, it, it, that sounds like something uh, you, you've not heard before, right? If you follow the mainstream media, what are they saying? They're saying Republicans are trying to pass voter suppression bills. I can't stand the media. Here's the reality. It's like I said, Republicans have, two, I believe, two bills that would enact some rules, new laws in terms of how the vote process is, is handled. Democrats fled the state in two private jets to illegally block the vote because it will pass because Republicans control Texas. Democrats can break quorum because there's enough of them. So there's 150 uh, seats, I suppose. I think that's the number. 60 some odd Democrats left, or I think it's like 58. And thus, they do not have a quorum, so they can't hold a session. Well, that's illegal, and they can compel these people to return. But they're right now in D.C. outside the jurisdiction of the Texas Rangers and, you know, Texas law enforcement. What Democrats are trying to do is lock in emergency provisions and make them normal. But they use the media and these framing devices to make it seem like Republicans are trying to strip people of their rights. It is the big lie. It's what you'll hear on CNN. Here's what they'll say. They'll say Republicans lost. Trump lost. So now they're trying to pass voter restriction bills to cheat. That's the game. That's the manipulation. The reality is because of COVID, we enacted a bunch of special provisions that made voting very, very easy. We dramatically reduced security and put voter integrity at risk because we didn't want people getting sick. Universal mail-in voting, curbside voting, things like that. Those were done because people were like, listen, we can't have everybody waiting in these long crowded lines, spreading disease. Can't have it. Okay, here's what we'll do. For this once, we'll, we'll pass some emergency provisions, make voting a lot easier. Well, now the Republicans in many states are saying, all right, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to get rid of all of it. Some of them are actually pretty good ideas and did make voting easier, but we're going we're, we're to remove some of it to try and make sure our security is, is still good. So that means they're not getting rid of every single emergency provision. In most states where they're doing this, voting is still substantially easier than it was two years ago. But the Democrats want all of those provisions to remain indefinitely. That dramatically reduces voter integrity, and it strips you of your right to vote. It's a bit circuitous, but that's what's happening. The Democrats will tell you the Republicans are trying to strip your right to vote, and that's not true. The Republicans are actually just putting back only some of these, of pr pr these provisions. It's actually still easier. But what happens when a vote comes in, mailed in from who knows where with no chain of custody, on a ballot with a mismatched signature, and they say, eh, works for me. Well, we have these security protocols for a reason. It's funny, I was talking to Lieutenant Colonel Alan West the other day. He was mentioning he got on a plane and he flew out here to come on the Timcast IRL podcast. Check out the members only podcast at Timcast.com, by the way, you'll love it. Well, actually, it's pretty brutal, It'll probably make you angry. But anyway, I digress. And I said, uh, uh, Colonel West, did, when you boarded the plane, did they require an ID? He said, yes, they did. No. Did they bring the plane to your house unannounced without you asking? And then, no, he says, I don't have a, I don't have a runway in front of my house. And I'm like, exactly. Now, I get it. It's being a bit facetious. But a lot of what they're doing is zero security. And so the Republicans are saying, hey, how about a little bit? But this is the Republicans still losing. This is how the game is played and why Republicans lose, lose, lose. The Republicans are like, OK, Democrats, we'll give you half of what you want. That's a fair compromise. And the Democrats go, they're trying to suppress the bill. Quick, everyone fight. 
So they fight in DC. Kamala Harris praises them. All these news outlets are like, we got to support the Democrats in their effort to protect voters. And it's like, this is what the Republicans get when they play fair, when they treat the Democrats like they're going to be playing the same game. The Republicans say, we'll let you keep half. We'll reduce it by half. That's a fair play, right? And the Democrats run to the media and say they're trying to suppress the vote because they want all of it and they will take it always on the offense as pathetic Republicans sit there and go, oh, gee, gosh, darn it. Why is this happening? What's Greg Abbott going to do? He's going to arrest the Democrats when they return. Okay. And then bring them to the chamber to vote. Oh, okay. So they end up winning in the long run. Here's a story from Newsweek. And I want to show you the media hypocrisy because you're going to love, love the media hypocrisy. Don't we love the media hypocrisy so much, people? We, 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 we have the best media hypocrisy in the, in the country. Everyone agrees. You've got the very, very obvious reality that the media is the apparatus of the Democratic Party propaganda arm. That's what it is. It's the, it's the Democratic Party's propaganda arm. And, 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 and just, just wait, I'm going to prove it to you. Again, though, go to TimCast.com, become a member, and check out our members-only section. New website's coming soon. It's going to be fantastic. And don't forget to like and subscribe. But let's, let's read. Newsweek, Greg Abbott says fleeing Texas Democrats will be arrested. Abbott, a Republican, gave an interview to KVUE on Monday about the Democrats' decision to leave the state and whether the special session of the Texas legislature, the governor called, can go ahead. The Democratic legislators flew out of Texas to Washington, D.C. on Monday, on two private jets, mind you, in order to deny the legislature the two-thirds quorum needed in order to conduct business and to pass legislation. KVUE asked Abbott if the Democratic walkout meant the voting bill, Senate Bill 1 and House Bill 3, could not be passed, and if he could do anything as governor to compel the lawmakers to return. Abbott said, there still remains plenty of time to pass not just the bills you mentioned, but there's a lot of other bills on there. Oh, interesting. He highlighted some of the measures other than voting reforms. He then addressed the issue of the quorum. Answering your second question, yes, there is something the governor can do. First of all, I'll tell you what the House of Representatives can do. What the speaker can do is issue a call to have those member, these members arrested. Wonderful. In addition to that, however, I can and will continue to call a special session after special session after special session all the way up until election next year. And so if these people want to be hanging out wherever they're hanging out on this taxpayer paid junket, they're going to have to be prepared to do it for well over a year, the governor said. As soon as they come back in the state of Texas, they will be arrested. They will be cabined inside the, the Texas Capitol until they get their job done. Everybody who has a job must jump do that job, just like your views, viewers watching right now. State representatives have that same responsibility. I'm going to say two things. First thing. Do you think that these Democratic reps will be hurt by this, Governor Abbott? No, this is good for them. The people who live in these blue districts are going to be clapping and cheering, saying, yeah, you go. And when these people are chilling in D.C. on the Texas taxpayer dime, those Texas taxpayers are going to be like in, in the blue areas saying, stay there as long as you need to. Here's what you need to do. OK, here's, here's what else I'll say. Texas, many other states. You need an abdication of responsibility clause. That's the bill you should pass right now. Get it in there. Get it in that special session. That if you leave for longer than, say, I don't know, two months, you have abdicated your responsibility and thus you are being removed from your seat or something like that. I don't exactly know how that would work or how it would work constitutionally. But the idea is this. If somebody is elected by a group of people to do a job and they don't do the job and they flee the state, the state should not be paying them. Plain and simple. 
Now, the, con- the constituents might still like that idea, but there's responsibilities to other Texans outside of that constituency. Thus, imagine if you got elected to, to, to some office and then just moved out of your city. Let's say you get elected to comp, local city comptroller. And then you're like, okay, moving to Texas. And you left. What are they going to do? Are they going to be like, well, comptroller is gone. I guess no one can do the job anymore. That makes no sense. Imagine you got promoted at work to, you know, chief plumber or whatever. I don't know, chief plumbing officer. And then you just up and leave. They'd be like, okay, scratch their name off the list and hire a new chief plumbing officer, somebody who can take care of all the problems in the building. They're not just going to sit back and be like, oh no, we can't fix the toilets. You see how stupid the system is? How about this? How about right now for the special session, get it drafted, get it quick. Well, I guess it's got to go through committee and all that stuff and then the chain, uh, um, what you call it. Yeah, the committees. But uh, I think if you want to flee, he, he, Abbott's saying he's going to keep calling special sessions until next year. So what? These people can fly off to D.C. And, and party for a year and do no work and get paid to do it? That doesn't make sense. And then what? They come back and they get arrested. And what does the arrest mean? It means they get brought into the Capitol to vote. Wow. No repercussions. None. In fact, they're getting praise from federal level Democrats. Republicans don't know how to engage in political lawfare. The right word for it. Political war or whatever you want to call it. They don't know how to, they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to fight the, fight the Democrats. And the Democrats are just so much better at always framing the debate. They're, it's excellent. And they have the media to, you know, to help them out. They say over the weekend, Republicans in the state legislature worked to rapidly advance the two voting bills. Those bills would add new ID requirements for mail-in ballots and ban 24-hour polling locations, drive-through voting and ballot drop boxes, among other measures, all of which, I should say for the most part, were COVID specialties where we wanted to make things easier for people. Yeah, well, the Democrats have taken it. You gave them an inch. This is what you get, Republicans. Even in Texas, people ask me, Tim, why don't you move to Texas? Why aren't you in Texas? Why are you in West Virginia? In Maryland and Virginia, it's like a little tri-state area, um, because all of these people are moving to Texas and they can't get nothing done. West Virginia may be heading, that, heading in, that, in that direction for sure. It's not perfect. But Texas, Texas has got issues. I'm not going to Texas. I think, look, with all due respect to all the great people who have moved to Texas, that's just another sign in my opinion. That's not the place to be. They're like, we're all going to move to Texas. I'm like, yeah, so you guys can turn it blue. It's not going to be, look, Joe Rogan moves to Texas. Now, Joe's a smart guy. I don't think he's going to be voting necessarily for these policies, but Joe is a big Bernie fan, or he, he, I don't know, I don't know exactly who he voted for. He's a fairly moderate guy, but he's going to entertain enough of the Democrats to help give them power. I don't want to go into a place that does that. I'm not a fan of the Republican Party either, but I can tell you this, better Republicans than Democrats, even though I really don't like Republicans. I'd probably prefer something a bit more libertarian, mind you, but I really don't like any of the parties. I just know that the Democrats right now are moral authoritarians. But I'll tell you what the real problem is. When Joe and Elon move to Texas, they bring a bunch of people with them. All the fans and all the people looking for jobs, they want to come to these areas. As Joe Rogan comes into this place and starts doing shows, it creates infrastructure which attracts more people in his periphery. Those people will vote Democrat. Now, there's, there's interesting changes. We'll see. Maybe Joe is secretly voting for Trump. I don't know. Probably libertarian, mind you. But Elon Musk moves. When he moves and brings, his indus- he, and he brings Tesla and whatever industry, all of those employees from California move. You think they're voting Republican? No. I don't want to be in a state where that's happening. And they're talking about Texas turning you know, Democrat soon. It'll be the end. And Texas will be a Democrat state. Yeah, maybe. I'm not going to go there. 
when the Republicans in Texas still give the Democrats everything. You think I have faith in Texas? Bro, I love Texas. It's great. It's, it's, it really is that, that, that American icon. Everything's bigger in Texas. The trope about guns just passed constitutional carry is awesome stuff. But look how they're fighting. Look how they are, are pushing back against the Democrats. They're losing. Arresting the Democrats doesn't mean much. We'll see, though. I'll tell you this. My prediction is that Texas still mo- turns blue. The people who are moving there, it's not about them. It's not about Joe Rogan. Joe can say, look, I'm not going to vote in that stuff because I don't want to make things worse. But I'll tell you this, a bunch of people are going to move there for the comedy industry. Joe Rogan's going to be hiring people, right? He's going to be doing comedy shows. Contracts are going to be getting hired, right? All of a sudden now, more leftists are going to be like, got to move to the Austin area because there's a whole lot of new work available. And they move from California and New York and they bring their policies with them. Yeah, sorry. I'm not about all that. Not interested. Now, I'll tell you something. I'm hiring as well. I absolutely am. But we're doing something special. Um, we're within, we're in three different states basically because we're on the, on the border of different states and I'm not bringing out people who are going to vote blue. It's not my politics. Not really Republican either. I think mostly we're bringing out a lot of libertarian types. Libertarians probably end up voting Republican just because the left has gone absolutely nuts, but not completely. Some of the libertarians that we've had come out are like, I'm never going to vote for Trump or Republican. But the Democrats are absolutely insane and we need to rag on them right now. And I'm like, yeah, OK, I can I, I can I can I can drive with that. I'm not going to pretend like I'm perfect. You know, you, you, you drag out these blue policies that just burn the place down. It's not it's not just about that. Right. There are there are Democrats that I like, you know, Tulsi Gabbard, however, um, not good on gun control, in my opinion. And so but I but I do think she's fair and honest. The problem is you vote for a Democrat, you empower the party. So I'm not going to be doing that. And we'll see what happens with the Republicans. The Republicans got my vote in 2020. We'll see if they can muster it up again. I'm not playing that game where it's like, oh, no, if I don't vote Republican, the Democrats will win. I don't like the Republicans, like literally at all. They're awful. There's a handful. Now, there's more Republicans than Democrats that are good. You've got people like, you know, Rand Paul, Lauren Boebert's fantastic. Marjorie Taylor Greene is great. She's a fighter. I don't know if I agree with everything she says because she's fairly bombastic, but a fighter I respect. And you've got Thomas Massey. He's actually fantastic. So there are a lot more Republicans that I like. But overall, the Republican Party, look at this. They're not fighters. We need something else. Let me, let me show you just how absolutely beautiful this whole story is, by the way. Back in February of 2020, Oregon Republicans subverted democracy by running away. Again, so saith Vox.com. The latest escalation mirrors growing anti-democratic sentiment in the national GOP. Okay, Vox. I wonder why you're not writing about what's happening in Texas. That's right. There's no real follow-up article. I looked for it. Couldn't find it. Maybe I just couldn't find it. But they said Republicans were subverting democracy by running away in Oregon. Now, I'll tell you this. Back when the Republicans did this, you know, I was, uh, yeah, it's good for Republicans to stand up for themselves and push back on Democrats. And I'll tell you what my opinion is right now with Democrats fleeing. They are fighting and winning. That's right. When the Republicans did it and ran away, they were fighting and winning. Now, ultimately, they still lose a little bit, but this is fighting back by any means necessary. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do or it's a good thing to do. The Democrats are just doing it and it's illegal. But Democrats are willing to do whatever it takes. Republicans are not. When they do, they get smeared in the media. And as you know, most Republicans care more about what the New York Times thinks about them than what their own constituents do. Most, not all, many. Local level politicians probably better. Here we go. Oregon Senate Republicans walk out for third straight year, citing governor's COVID restrictions. So they also walked out this year, although this, they said, was about the lockdown. Then we have uh, uh, this from MSNBC. 
Texas Democrats voting bill walkout deserves national backup. Come on, Senate Democrats, don't leave Texas hanging like this. Okay. Well, Mr. Jewish Deplorable has a thread on legislative walkouts, which will show you the glory that is the Democrats propaganda arm. CNN, June 25th, 2019. Oregon Republicans are hiding literally rather than vote on a climate bill. Then we have July 12th, 2021. Texas House Democrats leave state to block Republicans from passing voting restrictions. Oh, when's the Democrats, they do a a blanket fact-based general statement. CNN, however, they're hiding. Rolling Stone, runaway senators, militias, and coke money. What the hell just happened in Oregon? The Republican war on democracy has ground the state's government to a halt. From just yesterday, Texas Democrats to leave state as GOP renews attack on voting rights. Wonderful Rolling Stone. No wonder Matt Taibbi left. The New York Times, Oregon climate walkout left Republicans in hiding. Statehouse in disarray. Today, Texas Democrats plan to flee state to highlight GOP voting restrictions. All right. You want to play a framing game? Democrats are blocking Republicans voter security and voting right bills. Democrats, how about this one? Democrats illegally obstruct legislative session in order to strip away the voting rights of the working class. We can play that game too. The problem is Republicans never do. Why? Because they're gentlemen and scholars. No, they're not. You can be a gentleman and a scholar and still understand how to engage in political lawfare or whatever you want to call it. The Republicans for the most part, are cowards, too scared to shake the boat because the New York Times will say, you're a meanie, and they'll go, oh. Yeah, so long as the messaging is controlled by the psychopaths in the establishment Democratic Party, Republicans aren't going to win anything. They're going to keep losing. Why should I feel? Look at this. NBC, Oregon Republicans flee, facing fines, state police chasing. Democrats demand their return. Today, Texas Democrats flee state never to block GOP-backed voting restrictions. Here's one. They show the Vox article, BBC News, Texas Democrats flee state to block Republican voting law. The Daily Beast. How did the Oregon Republican Party get so crazy by everyone's favorite Will Summer? And now Democrats finally step up and smack down Texas Jim Crow law. Yeah. You know, there's political manipulation lies and there's the truth. The truth is, the Democrats were given, or I should say the people of Texas were granted a lot of lax policy on voting, reduction in security for convenience because of COVID. Now that things are winding down, the vaccine is readily available. The Texas Republicans want to put in just a few security uh, measures to restore integrity to the election and guarantee that your vote will be duly counted and properly counted and protecting your rights. They're still giving Democrats a bit of a compromise. And the Democrats just lit a match and threw it into the pyre. And they said, we don't care. We don't care if you're going to be nice. We're going to take everything. That's the real story. That's it. When you read the mainstream news, they'll say Republicans are trying to suppress the vote because it's all they have. They have to lie because Republicans are still losing. Isn't it amazing that Republicans could be losing this fight? And they are. They're absolutely losing this fight. Uh, And I'll put it this way. Even if they get the vote, even if Abbott arrests the Democrats, they're still giving Democrats a bunch of new provisions that weaken voter integrity. They are still losing. And they're calling it a victory. They're calling it fighting back. It's not. You know, it's not. It's a consistent applied pressure from the left 
and a consistent applied retreat from Republicans. They just pretend like they're fighting because they have no spines. I'll tell you this. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West is running for governor in Texas, and I actually disagree with him on a bit of policy. I'm a, I'm a bit more libertarian than he is, I believe. Um, and I, I think that's probably it. It's probably, that's probably the easiest way to explain it. Like, uh, I'm, I'm in favor of uh, ex- uh, removing a lot of these gun uh, control restrictions more so than he is, even as a conservative, because I think people who are felons who pay their, due to, pay their dues to society and get out should be eligible to get firearms again especially if a well-regulated militia is necessary for a free state. We want anybody to be able to, to bear arms. Now, I understand people have said you can lose your rights to due process. So if the process is that we will include a new provision that says you are charged with a felony as, as, a, as an add-on, you're also now getting you know, a weapons restriction for X amount of years or indefinitely. I don't like the idea that any felony just results in getting your guns taken away. But, you know, uh, uh, Colonel West said he disagreed and, you know, felons should be allowed to have guns. There's a lot of things I disagree with him on, uh, uh, but for the most part, I'll tell you this. If he's willing to fight back and protect the integrity of the electoral process better than Greg Abbott, then he should be the governor of Texas. Because right now, you look at what Abbott is doing, and sure, you know, Texas is, is doing fairly well. I mean, you got constitutional carry just passed. They, the people are comparing it a bit to Florida, but far from perfect. There's a border crisis they can't seem to t- take care of. Abbott's far from perfect. We need, we need people in these states to stand up for the, for, for the people, to stand up for the regular people. The Democrats aren't doing that. The Democrats are tearing the system to shreds. Well, we'll see how this one plays out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Truly, we are living in dark times, my friends. Social media censorship has been bad, but we've long said that these big tech platforms should function much like a phone company. That is, if I make a phone call to you or text you, I can say whatever I want, and these companies won't delete my messages or shut my call off. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, they should all function the same way. But now something truly dark is occurring. The Biden administration is pushing companies to censor vaccine misinformation in texts. This is from TimCast.com. Side note, this is the alpha version of the site, and you're getting a sneak preview. But this is really scary stuff. They're not going the good route, which would be ensuring the right of people to speak freely on social media platforms and to treat them like they are utilities. They're going the other way. The Biden administration and the DNC want phone companies to block misinformation, they say. Are we not allowed to have opinions? Who are these people to think they can take away our right to speech? And how is it that this is anywhere near a thought that someone in the government could have considering we have a First Amendment? But this is what they do. Outsource the censorship to private companies. Now, I'll, I'll be honest. When I first saw this story, I thought, no, no, surely this is this is this is not correct. Right? I thought Joe Biden was going to be sending text messages to people saying, you know, here's where you can get your vaccine or things like that. I've received phone calls from Maryland, which is also pretty strange considering I don't live in Maryland and my phone isn't registered to Maryland. But how do they know that I am currently in Maryland? It's very, very strange. Long story, but it is weird. The only way I can assume they got my phone number is through geolocating it based on cell tower activity, which is insane and creepy. What is going on? Let me let me stress that point. I don't live in Maryland. I live in West Virginia. But 
we have a business operation based in Maryland. Personally, I don't own property in Maryland. I don't live in Maryland. My phone is not registered to Maryland. I don't know how they got my information in Maryland. I don't. Maybe there's some kind of public record or something. Maybe there is a shipping address was done or, you know, I, 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 something like that. I have no idea. I'm not going to immediately just assume they're spying on my cell phone, but I find it particularly creepy. When I saw this story, I thought they were going to be sending us texts. And then, uh, well, I saw the story on my own website um, and I fact checked it. And sure enough, it's true. <clears throat> Let me read some of the story from TimCast.com. Check it out. TimCast.com writes, the Biden administration is reportedly pushing social media companies and SMS carriers to censor what they deem to be vaccine misinformation. Quote, Biden allied groups, including the Democratic National Committee, are also planning to engage fact checkers more aggressively and work with SMS carriers to dispel misinformation about vaccines that is sent over social media and text messages, Political reported. The goal is to ensure that the people who may have had difficulty getting a vaccination because of issues like transportation see those barriers lessened or removed entirely. Politico's report comes that the Biden administration failed to meet its July 4th goal of 70% of adults receiving the COVID vaccine. White House spokesman Kevin Munoz said, we are steadfastly committed to keeping politics out of the effort to get every American vaccinated so that we can save lives and help our economy further recover. When we see deliberate efforts to spread misinformation, we view that as an impediment to the, to, to the country's public health and will not shy away from calling that out. Politico cited criticism of the Biden administration's door-to-door vaccination strategy as some of the misinformation that will be combated. Politico wrote, over the past few weeks, criticism of the administration's door-to-door vaccination strategy has increasingly become a fixture on Fox News, in addition to being a top topic on conservative social media posts and over SMS messages to cell phone users. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki announced the door-to-door vaccination strategy last week and was later surprised people were concerned about her description of strike forces going into communities to get 12 to 18-year-olds vaccinated. Quote, we're continuing to, pr- uh, to press to reach it, and we will in the next couple of weeks for adults over at the age of 18, Seki said. But our work doesn't stop there. And we are going to continue to press to get 12 to 18-year-olds vaccinated, to continue to work with communities where there's lower vaccination rates. That's one of the reasons we initiated these strike forces to go into communities and work with them to determine what they need to take a localized, specific approach that works with elected officials in communities. All right. I, I didn't believe it. You know, I see the headline I'm on, on my own site. I, I just did not believe it. Take a look at this from the Daily Caller. D, the DNC wants phone companies to police text messages for vaccine misinformation. You saw it right there, man. This has got me freaked out, more worried than I've been about the censorship in a long time. We have this tweet from Vince Coglini's quoting, Natasha Korecki. Korecki says, new Biden world is taking a more aggressive approach to combat vaccine fear mongering by conservative forces that include calling on SMS carriers to meet out false messages, urging social media platforms to fact check. You know, a lot of people like to criticize communist China. I'm one of them. But boy, is it a problem when your own country is actually going above and beyond Now, don't get me wrong. Communist China, much, much worse. Seriously bad. Check this out. 
One example SMS message cited by Politico was sent by conservative activist group Turning Point USA, in which co-founder Charlie Kirk falsely contends that Biden is sending goons door to door to make you take a COVID-19 vaccine. Sign the petition, no medical raids in America. Quote, when we see deliberate efforts to spread misinformation, we view that as an impediment to this country's public health. We get it. We get it. <clears throat> well, they're not planning on sending people door to door to force you to make you get the vaccine. What they were saying was sending people out to communities to go door to door to ask people and encourage them to get the vaccine. Perhaps the way they see it is there was this judge in Ohio, right? He actually sentenced people to be vaccinated. He asked them why they weren't vaccinated. They said they didn't know. And he's like, okay, well, then within 30 days, get a vaccine. He said they needed some urgency because the only reason they didn't do it because they were procrastinating. Bro, you're not a doctor. You are a judge. You don't know. These people need to go talk to a doctor who can tell them what's right for them. I know you guys hear me say it a lot, but I know a lot of people who have been advised to and advised not to get the vaccine. Really, it just comes down to when you go to a doctor, you talk to them. I ain't going to take responsibility for your medical choices. That's on you. You can read what you want to read. You can talk to doctors. You can get a second opinion. But I really don't think it has anything to do with me or the opinions of people on the internet. Nor does it have to do with the opinions of some door-to-door strike force, Dr. Fauci, or a judge. Because they don't know you. It's just mind, mind-boggling because people have allergies, you know, and, 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 they'll, and they'll come to your door and what? That's, that's insane. Anyway, look. Charlie Kirk exaggerated in this, in this post. I don't care. He has a First Amendment right to say what he wants to say. Just because he's wrong doesn't mean he's not allowed to speak his mind. Think about where we go then. These fact checkers, these liars, these people who manipulate in the media, they're going to be shutting down our phone calls, our text messages. And this is Joe Biden's America. I don't, I don't, I don't know how we, 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 we push back against this. The Republicans aren't doing anything. The Republicans, they've known this for years. Donald Trump's doing something. Yeah, of course, that's Trump. He's a fighter, populist, saying, I'm not going to let this happen. Is he going to win? Honestly, I I don't think so. I really don't. Trump could have made these moves years ago when we saw this getting worse and worse and worse. He didn't. He's doing it now in 2021. These stories were breaking in 2016. Culture wars getting worse. Now, I will say one thing. I guess the supposed benefit to all this is, you know, people like to talk about accelerationists, these people who are like, let it happen faster and faster and want to encourage it to happen faster. I don't want it to happen at all, let alone faster. But I'll tell you this, at the very least, the left has become so brazen in their psychopathic authoritarianism. It's going to start freaking people out. What happens when some regular person says, hey, I saw this article, what do you think? And texts it to a friend and it goes, your text has been blocked for posting misinformation text message to somebody? Then they're going to be like, what? Yo, I tried to text you. It didn't go through. Yeah. Now, Facebook already does this. And that's what's scary, too, because a lot of people have replaced their text messaging with Facebook Messenger. And there have been a few stories I've tried sending to people and Facebook blocked it. Yep. There was a what, what was it? There was a story about something. I can't remember what it was. And I was arguing with someone and I tried sending it to them. And Facebook blocked the link, which was hilarious because it was a legitimate news story. There are names you can't say on social media. We are on, well, you know, I was going to say we're on the precipice, but I've said that so many times and it's only gotten worse. So we're just like Homer jumping the Springfield Gorge, just tumbling down, making our way to the bottom. Check this out. 
from the New York Post. Majority of Americans censor themselves with 59% saying it's out of control. Study. Roughly two thirds of Americans say they routinely or sometimes censor themselves in conversation, according to a new study. 59% of those asked deemed current levels of censorship in the U.S. to be out of control and unacceptable, according to market research firm Invisibly, which is backed by Peter Thiel's Founders Fund. Most respondents, 91%, said they had a negative view of censorship. Quote, people need, I'm sorry, quote, people feel like they are being censored left and right, but most people don't want that to happen. Invisibly executive Don Vaughn told The Post, most people are not speaking out, but they certainly don't like it. The study was co-produced with the marketing agency Brado. What can we do? Uh, look, I, I can't pretend to have all the answers, but I can show you that Texas is trying. Unfortunately, as Texas seeks to pass this social media censorship bill, which will give people the right to sue big tech like we saw in Florida, it's being pushed back upon by Democrats. In Florida, a federal judge said, nah, you can't do this. Sorry. Bye bye. The federal government is protecting massive oligopolies, these massive corporations. And the Democrats are going to now phone carriers saying shut down their texts. It is getting worse every single day. I hope 2022 Republican sweep, but I don't think the Republicans are going to do anything because the established Republicans are speed bumps for Democrats. They'll win. And when they do, all, all that is is a pressure release valve. Look, look what we had with Republicans in 2016. Trump wins, Republican wins. They did nothing. They actually helped the Democrats in their stupid Russia crap. Then what happens? Democrats win the House. Republicans go, oh, no, now we can't do anything. Sorry, walk away. Here's what it is. The Republican Party is the establishment pressure release valve. That's it. When the Republicans win in 2022, assuming they do, nothing will happen. They will sit there. People will feel satisfied. Aha, we've won back, but they will do nothing. And the Democrats will laugh as they keep pushing and pushing and pushing and beating and beating and beating. And then 2024 comes. We'll see what happens. Trump is the only one who's actually done things and they hated it because the Republicans exist so that when people get frustrated with the Democrats leftward lurch and authoritarianism, they say enough, we're going to vote for Republicans now. And then they do. And the Republicans do a whole lot of nothing. Granted, Trump did different things. But then with that whole lot of nothing and nothing changes, people then say, I guess we'll vote Democrat again. And it's back and forth. Nothing getting done. The Republicans don't want to do things. They're not supposed to do things. They are just sitting around. You know what I love about all of this is this idea. People, I can't remember who tweeted this. They said something like both the left and the right in the culture war view the, the other side as not playing by the rules, bending all the rules to get what they want, blah, 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 blah. People on the left genuinely believe Republicans are evil and cheating and stealing and all this stuff, but they can't ever get anything done. It's amazing how during the Republican control of the federal government, they still said, okay, Democrats, we'll do whatever you want. The Democrats came out and lied about Russiagate. They lied to the American people over and over again. And then we found out that people like Schiff and these other, these other people behind closed doors testified they had no evidence that Donald Trump did anything untoward with Russia. But they told the American people the lies. And then the left is like, it's the Republicans who are bad. The Republicans actually helped the Democrats during all of that. And what do they do to defend Trump? Sure, Trump didn't get acquitted in his two-time impeachments. But you know what? They don't do anything. 
And now here's what we can see. You may have seen the story I posted earlier about the Democrats fleeing Texas because of the voting uh, bill that's trying, that, that Republicans are trying to pass. The voting bill Republicans are trying to pass, all it does is curtail a little bit of the expanded voting operation and the reduction in security. It doesn't even bring it back to where it was supposed to be, where it was before. It's still giving Democrats a victory. That's not the only thing that Democrats are obstructing. Texas lawmakers set to push back on social media censorship during special session. <clears throat> this is from KXXV. After a failed attempt to send a social media censorship bill to the governor's desk, Texas GOP lawmakers get another shot this month during the special session. But many experts expect it not to hold up in a court of law. What the governor would like to see happen is that social media companies can be held accountable. Brandon Rodingos, a political science professor at the University of Houston, said, if it's the case, they ban a particular member of the legislature or a politician from social media. Senate Bill 12 failed to make it onto the House floor vote. Despite passing the Senate on April 1st, the bill would ban social media sites like Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, to name a few, from censoring content from Texans based on their online viewpoints. Governor Greg Abbott said in a press release Tuesday, the law will also provide a legal remedy for those wrongfully excluded from a platform. Experts like Rodingos see Texas Republicans wading into constitutional conflict by forcing government compliance on privately held companies. It's called regulation. The phone companies had it. The airlines had it. Yeah, lies. Quote, this is a challenging way to approach the First Amendment. It's unlikely this will survive a kind of court-based legal scrutiny because typically it's the case that these actions are taken under the guise of the First Amendment. So when I call my mom on the phone... It's not actually my speech. It's the speech of the phone company. Is that what you're saying? Yes. All right, let's play a game. The next time someone says something insightful or criminal over the phone, we'll just say the phone company's the one who actually said it. I mean, let's be technical. The phone is the one that sent the sound out. So at the very least, they're as responsible, right? Is it the game we're supposed to be playing here? It's a First Amendment violation to make these companies say these things. They're not. They're not saying them. They're just neutral networks that transmit data from someone else. They want their cake and they want to eat it too. They say similar laws in other states against tech giants regulating free speech have not made it far from the state legislature. In fact, a federal judge blocked a Florida law limiting content moderation last week. Texas GOP lawmakers could face the same situation soon if they gather enough votes during the special session. But Rodingos said the governor and state Republicans are trying to make a point. It's a messaging bill as much as anything, Rottenoff said. Ultimately, it's a really difficult bill to pass and to have enacted into law. So what happens? Okay. Republicans will keep getting banned. They'll keep getting purged. And this is it. The left won. I know. Let me explain. What happens is the people who fight, the Republicans who challenge the system, they get ripped away. They are not allowed to speak so long as these despotic psychopaths like Jack Dorsey control big tech. They will not allow anyone who would actually challenge their power. They would not allow, not allow them to speak. So what do you get? The Republicans you see on Twitter are the clipped wing milk toast fence sitters who are like, well, now hold on there. You know, let's have a conversation. There's a few of them that fight. But for the most part, pressure release valve. Now, I can name a few people who do fight. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene, as I've mentioned, she's a fighter for sure. Laura Loomer got banned across the board. I don't personally agree with their opinions, but look at what they do. Anybody who is willing to stand up 
and be bold and be energetic and, and let's be honest, effective in a lot of ways. You don't got to like Laura's opinions to recognize she knows how to get them out. She ran for office and they still would not give her a, play, a, a platform. This has to be illegal. They're giving preferential promoted treatment. During one of the Senate hearings, the congressional hearings, someone pointed out that when you log onto Twitter in D.C., it gives you a bunch of Democrats as recommendations. Okay, no wonder these blue areas will stay blue because you have evil, evil people like Jack Dorsey. Dude, legit evil. I'm not even kidding. Now, he said before, you know, we're not going to ban everyone because then the platform will just become people I don't like or, or disagree with. That's literally what he's done. It's funny that he can admit it. The, the policies they have on like misgendering and all that stuff where they've literally banned people. There have been people who have broken no rules getting banned. And Jack Dorsey knows it because I've said this to him and he doesn't care. He just wants to be like, well, look, you've got left wing and right wing. Let's hobble the right wing so only center right mod- moderates can run and then they'll never stand up to the left. And you wonder why your Republican Party is so pathetic, frail and milk toast. Those are the ones who are allowed to speak on social media. They're ineffective. They can't win and they lose. Now, I don't care about the Republican Party all that much because I think they've mostly just been pathetic in general. But this is a big problem of authoritarianism. What the Biden administration doing needs, is doing needs to be called out and blocked immediately because this guy is a psychopath. But I'll tell you, man, people want power and they'll do anything to get it. They want everyone to force and to, to comply and do as they're told. You got a problem with someone because they're dumb. Let them be dumb. If you got an issue with someone not following the CDC, let them be dumb. You need to recognize your personal responsibility. But what happens when you get a large political faction, 81 million votes from people who don't believe in their own personal responsibility? They believe you should be responsible for them. Dark times. Dark times ahead. You know, when I don't have food, you know what I do? I go find some. Um, these people on the left, when they don't have food, they say the government should give me food. In fact, they should give me some of yours. Now, I can recognize a lot of problems with uh, our system. A lot of food goes to waste. That's for sure. You can sit there and complain and scream and cry and demand the world change for you. Or you can go out and grow some of your own vegetables and go find some food on your own. It's about personal responsibility. Take some responsibility for yourself, your kids, your work, your health. People don't do it anymore. This is messed up stuff, man. What the Biden administration is doing here, not okay. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.